I'm Rehart Nabab. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 217, for the week starting 6 May 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, another fine mess at Usasa. Also this week, Facebook might soon have a paid tier. ICASA to probe multi-choice's dominance in pay TV this week. Apple touches a new record high. And Google I.O. is this week. What you should expect. All good things. It's Sunday, not a Friday, but it's still time for us to talk tech like we always do. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rehut? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. A uh, reminder to anyone listening live today, you can send us a vo- WhatsApp voice note. The number to use is 071-999-1111, 071-999-1111. If you're listening live, send us a voice note. Tell us what you think about what we're talking about today, and we might include it on air on the show today. Uh, otherwise, store that number in your phone and send us uh, messages or voice notes uh, whenever you want, and uh, we'll include them in the Talk Central podcast. We usually record on a Friday afternoon, but uh, it didn't happen this week. Um, but uh, it's a nice, relaxed Sunday afternoon in Johannesburg, and what better time to talk about all the news of the last week? So, Rechot, you've um, you've actually been gallivanting all over the place, haven't you? You've just come back from the South Coast. Yeah, well, gallivanting all over the place is a bit of exaggeration. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to get down to the coast. I did a bit of work there, did a bit of a little bit of uh, relaxation, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll grow more fond of Dur- Durban every time I get down there. Okay. Yeah. My hometown. I haven't been back there in ages, though. Um, I must make a plan. It's well, lovely. It's going down just for the breweries. Oh, really? Yeah. Have they got some nice craft breweries down there now? Fantastic breweries down there, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I grew up there, and uh, it's a lovely place in winter. Um, you get away from the Joburg cold, yeah. but uh, the heat in summer gets to me. <laughs> Actually, I know it's a novelty story. If you don't live there, I guess it's fine, you know. Yes. Or island vibe, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, just watch out for those giant cockroaches everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's jump into this week's show and let's start with a quiz. Do you want to do the first question? Certainly. The first question. The next version of Android is codenamed Android P. What does it stand for? Tech Central broke the news this week about the suspension of the CEO of Usasa. What is his name? The third question. How many registered users use YouTube every month? And it's a big number. Yeah, that's an amazing number. Uh, which group of people did Tesla CEO Elon Musk this week accuse of asking boring, bonehead questions of him? <laughs> and the CEO of WhatsApp announced this week that he's quitting. Who is he? That's our quiz. As always, the results at the end of the show. But let's uh, let's jump into this week's uh, news. Actually, before we do the news, we uh, we actually have a voice note here uh, from one of our listeners. Uh, let me just fire it up as my fingerprint reader fails on this phone. Um, <laughs> he wanted to ask a question about um, Kosana Makate, the chap who uh, uh, who uh, is, uh, successfully took Vodacom to court over the please call me invention. Uh, he claimed to invent it, went all the way to the constitutional court, and he won. Um, so let's just have a listen to this uh, voice note from uh, uh, his name is Iora, uh, according to his WhatsApp profile. But let's have a listen to this. Thanks for the thanks for the voice note and. Um, Take it away. Hey, guys. Just two points. Keep up the good show. It's great to have such shows, especially in tech, in Zanzi. Very rare, but pretty cool. Uh, first point, I know you guys like listening to music on YouTube. I'm using the Opera browser and the app, block, app, app, 
ad blocker it's pretty epic because it's on a continuous loop and it blocks all those stupid ads on there pretty cool and i'd like to hear your thoughts about this whole um vodacom and the offer they made to the dude that uh, claims that he came up with the please call me stuff yeah that's pretty much it thanks guys cheers so uh youtube ad blockers i didn't even know they existed um have you come across one yeah no i haven't that is very interesting yeah. Um, I have seen, yeah, look, I mean, I spoke last week about an app that can get uh, stuff off YouTube, but that, that kind of thing doesn't work with music videos and that type of stuff. So when it comes to blocking ads over that, I don't, I've got no idea. Very interesting. Yeah, no, first time I've come across it. Um, I, I'd be quite happy to pay to get rid of those ads on, on YouTube, but they're really getting irritating and they insert yeah, that. That's why YouTubers need to get uh, the acting game, bring out that, uh, the red service to everybody. You know, just give us the option to opt into that, basically opt into an ad-free, uh, ad-free service. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. I'd do it, for sure. So, um, and then his other question was related to uh, Nkosana Makate, I think his name is, who successfully sued Vodacom. Um, uh, and we went all the way to the Constitutional Court, and um, it's been a while since I haven't looked at the story in a while. But uh, if I recall correctly, the Constitutional Court basically said if they couldn't reach an agreement, then uh, the CEO of Vodacom, which is currently Shamil Yusub, uh, would have to um, determine what the correct amount is. And I think there's a lot of debate and discussion going on between the parties at the moment. Uh, there was a report, I think, in the Sunday Times last week. That suggested that um, he be paid an amount of 10 million rand um, for this um, claimed invention. The court found that he had invented Please Call Me, which is this prepaid callback service used by millions of South Africans. Um, yeah, what to make of it? I don't know. It's. Uh, I think it was very opportunistic. Um, it was driven by a law firm rather than Makati himself. Yeah. Um, the law firm was paying all of his legal fees uh, on the expectation that there would be a big payday. Uh, I, I think the amount that they were seeking, running into billions of rand, um, was ridiculous. Uh, um, perhaps there is some money that's due to him. Vodacom has now put its put a stake in the ground and said it's ten million rand. That probably doesn't go very far once you take the legal costs into account. Uh, Which must have been uh, must have been large. Well, expensive yeah. It's expensive to go all the way to the con court. Um, was he? I can't remember. Was he working for Vodacom at the time? He was. Yeah. He was, yes. Um, usually that kind of thing, I mean, I, I think we have spoken about this before, but in that case, I mean, usually when you work for a company, any invention that you do within the time that you're employed with them, if it's stipulated in a contract, should fall under the company's IP. That's how I've always worked with companies that I work with. Yeah, I would imagine that that's the case. Um, there was a lot of technical argument that went on in court, and it's been some time since I looked at the story. Um you know, they've made an offer, which I think equates to the the, the pay of the then CEO, Alan Lott Craig, over a period of years. Um, but, yeah, I haven't looked at the story closely enough. I, I do think there was a, um, you know, I, I think this was a, a, a legally driven opportunistic process um, where they were hoping to shake down Vodacom for billions. Uh, I don't think that's going to ever going to happen. Um, yeah. Whether ten million rand is 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 a fair compensation, given that the constitutional court ruled in his favour, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. But uh, uh, he, he's certainly been pictured as this um, this great uh, guy, this David who took on Goliath and and won. Um, 
and I, th- I think he's got a lot of uh, fa- he's found a lot of favor amongst consumer ordinary consumers um, for what he did. Um, but whether he's worth uh, the money he's claiming, I I really don't know. I I certainly don't think it's he's he deserves to be paid billions of rand for that invention. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's an ugly situation. Um, funnily enough, I'm actually doing a podcast with um, Shamil Jusub tomorrow at Vodacom, and uh, I'll ask him some of these questions, get his get his view on it. Yeah, I'm sure they'd just be happy to get rid of the situation. Now. It's just wasting time, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Yoro, thanks for your um, for your WhatsApp message, and uh, keep them coming. Oh seven one triple nine double one double one is the number to use. So we broke a story this week um, about uh, the CEO of Usasa. Usasa, of course, Rechat is the underserviced uh, area agency of South Africa. They um, they are responsible. They're an agency of government that was that collects money from operators and is meant to use that money to um, address underserviced areas, particularly in telecommunications in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Now it's been around for 20 years and it's in that period it has lurched from one crisis to another. I think they've had just about as many CEOs in the same period. And um, it emerged this week that uh, Lumkum Timde, uh, who I think was appointed in 2016, uh, has been suspended by the board um, and a huge number of allegations. I think there are about 35 allegations that have been put against him. Uh, it's now going to a disciplinary hearing process. Um, I have a court, the court papers um, that were filed in this matter when he took them to the labor court, and uh, it's a pretty ugly situation. Uh, but it's worrying because this agency has been tasked with the set-a-box process for digital terrestrial television, and the sort of instability this late in the process, this late in the delayed, very delayed process, is is worrying indeed. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, these this is this is. In- Critical infrastructure in many ways. I mean, we need to get this stuff sorted. Yeah, so go and have a look at that story. It's um, you know, it's uh, interesting stuff. Interesting um, comments from Lumkum Timde in the uh, court papers, accusing his, accusing the board and its chairman of um, basically impugning his reputation and uh, and um, acting in a vengeful manner against him for ex- for what he says is exposing wrongdoing by the board to National Treasury and the Minister of Telecommunications and Postal Services, as well as the Auditor General. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the details now. don't want to bore the listeners too much, but uh, if you're interested in that story, go and have a look at it. It's it's uh, it's quite a key agency, this, and it's it's been in trouble for so long. Um, we really do need to get this agency sorted out. I don't know who who's at fault here or what the... Uh, what the genesis of all of this is, but um, it, it's worrying that there's this sort of continued instability at Usasa, which has never actually enjoyed much by way of um, effective leadership and management. It's funny that when money is involved, things go so wrong. Yes. Especially when it's supposed to reach reach kind of intended partic- uh, recipients. Yes. And that whole set-top box process is, is also the subject of legal review, court review at the moment. Um who knows when this mess is going to get sorted out? It's quite depressing, really. We should probably oh. be talking about happier things on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Let's do. <laughs> Let's talk about Facebook. Um, I think we touched on this actually a week or two back. Um, mm. The idea of uh, a paid tier on, on Facebook. Now, then, a report emerged this week that um, they are they've now started to commission research, um, consumer research, to find out whether um, a paid tier is something that consumers would be interested in uh, to get rid of the advertising and to get rid of all the horrible tracking that goes on by Facebook to sell you those ads. I'd pay for it, to be honest. I find Facebook quite useful. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not inclined at all to quit Facebook like some people have been yeah. in wake of what's happened with Cambridge Analytica. Um, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, I'd, I'd pay a small amount. It probably wouldn't be a lot, but I'd, I'd, I'd consider paying maybe 30 rand or 40 rand a month for Facebook if I don't have to any see any ads and, and I don't have to be tracked. Look, I've got, I've got two sides to this. I mean, if I look at personally, yes, I would say uh, I would happily pay to not have that. Obviously, the amount is dependent. I don't know if I'd go over, you know, a few rand. I mean, it's not that it's, I enjoy using the platform, but the ads aren't that distracting my life. And you know, I just, I kind of block what I can and I unsubscribe to those things that do kind of, you know, provide the ads that I don't like. But, from a business point of view, it's such a valuable platform for advertising. It'll be sad to lose it uh, from that point of view because it provides such a good platform to reach your audiences. And if you do the marketing right, it could be a good experience, you know, for the for the for the customer. I'd imagine the vast majority of customers won't go for a subscription sure, option, no, no, and, sure. and so those customers will still be on. Um, we'll still be seeing those ads, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did a poll on Twitter about two weeks ago, and uh, saying he's asking this exact question: Would you pay for a for an ad-free, tracking-free version of Facebook? Eighty percent of the people who responded said no, we won't. Twenty percent said yes, they would. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a, I think it'll be a minority of of customers. W- will it be the most prized customers uh, yeah. who who end up paying? Will it be the people who've got the money, the disposable income, uh, who who end up paying to get rid of the advertising? And, and does that matter so much in the Facebook context? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm. Well, look, it's interesting. I mean, I would be uh, if you look at. I mean, I, I'm interested to know how much money they would be losing by do, by doing this if if a, a bigger part of the their, their population or their, their user groups do switch over. Because how many, how much money does each user kind of generate over a week or a month's worth of Facebook usage versus what that subscription could possibly cost? Mm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the numbers and what makes them ultimately decide that. But like I said, um, personally, yes, we would love to, to see, a, well, at least get away with all the, 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 the terrible ads. There's a lot of terrible looking ads on Facebook that's really not adding to the platform. They can get quality content up there. And I, mean, I do appreciate a good quality ad if it, if it introduces me to something mm. new that I actually want. Mm. You know, rather show me that, show me a new gadget that is really cool or special at a place that I can buy it from. Obviously, there's, there's, there's balance to all of this. You don't want to see it all the time. Mm. But interesting and enticing, enticing way. Because let's be honest, it's not, it's not going to go away in, in total. Marketing is always going to be there. You're always going to be bombarded with something. As long as it's something decent you want to watch, you want to consume from a brand you want to enjoy. Yeah. Most of the advertising I see on Facebook, I don't engage with. Um, I can't remember the last time I clicked on an ad in Facebook. I see the ads, so obviously there's some value to the advertiser in that. But I, um, I honestly can't remember the last time I actually clicked through an ad to see what it was about. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, I mean, there's very few times that I engage too, but that's what I'm saying. The ones that I do engage mm. are the ones that... That firstly look interesting or they in, in, enticing me with content, which is very important. You know, teach me something or, or add value to my life. Don't just show me. It's like those free games that they advertise. Mm. But you can play for a little bit. You know, you can play with the basic features, but to really get anywhere, you have to unlock and pay money. Mm-hmm. But yeah. unfortunately, yeah. that's advertising in the modern era. Yeah, maybe maybe the problem is Facebook is its advertising isn't uh, actually customized enough to you as the user. 
yeah, maybe they should give the user more more access to the stuff they want to see. You know, limit it down to the type of brands I want to see exactly. Maybe the type of ad I want to see, the quality. Give me, I want to see ads over a quality score. You know, don't give me ads with too much text and really terrible, you know, spam like looking features. Because so many ads still have that. It's terrible. You know, mm-hmm. don't give me stuff for for supplements for weight loss and those things. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. It's not, the demographic. Yeah, yeah. What the solution is? I think it's a very interesting problem for. Well, it's a very, it's a very modern problem to have for a for a platform as big as Facebook. Obviously, it's something to grow into. Yes, yes. Um, the ad platform has always been pretty fantastic. I thought. Now, which means there's a lot of power, obviously, behind it. But now they have to kind of rethink everything because of that power. So mm. It's a very interesting platform, and I, I think they're going to they're going to set the industry standard for, for. They could set the industry standard for advertising in many ways if they get this right. It's going to be interesting to watch anyway. Um, hey, Martin in the chat room. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, a reminder, if you want to send us a voice note, you're welcome to send us uh, a WhatsApp voice note on 71 uh, Let us know what you think about what we're talking today, and we'll include it live on the show. That's 71 WhatsApp messages only, please. Uh, we need to take a quick ad break. Rehat will be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber, now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. So um, I'm going to be spending a big chunk of my week this coming week at ICASA hearings. Oh, lucky me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be quite interesting, though, actually. Uh, yeah. They um, are going to be uh, holding public hearings into uh, multi-choices dominance in the pay TV market and what structural or regulatory changes need to be possibly made. Uh, to make the market more open and competitive. Now, they've received um, a huge number of submissions, including a 604-page submission from MultiChoice itself, uh, which I haven't finished reading yet, um, <laughs> um, but also some lengthy um, co- contributions from the SABC, ETV, uh, the mobile operators, yeah. and, and many other players. And um, the mobile operators, um, Vodacom, MTN, and Telcom were all due to speak this week. I see they're no longer on the agenda. Cell C is still talking, but I guess they uh, have a interest in the broadcasting space now through their Cell C Black service. Um, so, yeah, three, four, five days of, of presentations. Um, they've rejigged them, so uh, luckily I'm not going to need to attend as many as, as I was previously going to be attending. Sure, but sure. multi-choice at, uh, presenting on, on Friday afternoon, which, uh, Friday morning rather, which I think is going to be very interesting. And in the afternoon we've got Safa and um, I think Saru, uh, the soccer and rugby guys, who are going to be presenting. So that one's going to be key to get their views because uh, sports rights, I think, are going to be at the center of um, these discussions we're going to be hearing over the next while because I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the regulator to um, 
to um, somehow open up those sports rights more than they are at the moment, perhaps by forcing multi-choice to share uh, some of the key games with other broadcasters. Um, whether that's right, the right thing to do or not, I'm not sure. Um, it's been done in the UK. I think B Sky B Sky Broadcasting um, has been required to share some Premier League football matches with with competitors. Um, I think that we'll probably see Ucasa thinking quite seriously about going down that same route. But um, I'm not. I don't know. I, I'm a free marketeer. I um, always get nervous when regulators start to get involved in in yeah. industries. And um, there's going to be some quite a lot of pressure, I think, on um, the regulator to 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 make some meaningful interventions mm-hmm. in this market, uh, because there's a perception. Um, again, I don't know if it's true or not. It, it may very well be that um, multi-choice's dominance in the pay TV market is a problem in that it's keeping out smaller players, um, particularly around sports rights. Um, Etc. So, is there a regulatory intervention necessary to to break this dominance? Is breaking this dominance desirable? It's, there are going to be interesting questions, and I think multi-choice is going to be putting some interesting arguments forward. Um, a section I read in their presentation, in their submission, um, suggested that made the strong argument that um, the failure of other pay TV broadcasters to uh, enter the market is not their fault at all. They say that uh, they had bad business plans, um, you know, they changed strategies, so they pulled out, talking about things like telecom media, um, ETVs, ESAT, um, walking on water television. Uh, there were a whole range of them that were licensed on digital media, which I think is the only one that actually came to market through um, Top TV, now Starset. But they had to go into business rescue. Um, they've now been bought out by the Chinese, um, and it's still not clear how successful they're going to be in the long term. Now, the question is, was it the failings of these organizations? Did they make mistakes? Did they um, underestimate the market? Did they, um, did they basically, did they not, did they, uh, you know, screw up um, in, their, in their offerings and, and perhaps um, underestimated what it would take to compete with multi-choice? Or was, is multi-choice so dominant in this market, um, including through its ability to, to bid for and win key sports rights that it's impossible for anyone else to get into this industry and I think those are the questions that are going to be asked this week and I haven't made up my mind on this and uh, I look forward to hearing the the um, arguments that have been made by the regulatory lawyers from both sides Yeah, it's going to be gripping to watch I mean, obviously I'll be reading your abbreviated, abbreviated notes on the matter for the week, thank you very much Duncan Yes, I, I don't expect you to attend the hearings themselves <laughs> I, I, I'm a unique sucker for punishment in that regard I know, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I guess the insights you're going to be getting, it'll be very interesting to see. But I think multi-choice or DSTV with the super sport thing has kind of done it to themselves. They should have long ago come up with a solution that makes especially the key games more accessible. And I'm not saying give the feed out to every broadcaster, but mm. I guess something silly like a pay-per-view where you give people and perhaps access to broadcast a game without having to have a DSTV subscription. Yes, it'll cut into their margins, but they did what every big company does. That's build and expand and kind of dominate the market. Now, that, I guess, is good for the business, but it's not good for the customer who's losing out, especially when it comes around sports, because that is very important. We're not talking about frivolous content like soapies and mm. movies and that kind of thing. You know, that's really not, not the, the, the issue in many cases. Yeah, I think a lot of people are concerned about the sports rights not being available as broadly unless you pay for a relatively expensive subscription. Mm. Um, and if you're a business, I think it's even more more expensive if you broadcast those yeah. in your 
restaurant or pub or whatever. It is. It is indeed. Um, the, the, the question, perhaps the question that's, that's worth asking here is whether Supersport should be unbundled um, and allowed to compete in the market and, and offer its services um, maybe pretty much like OpenServe did in the telecom concept, kind of separated structurally from uh, from the rest of multi-choice and then, and then allow it uh, to sell its super sport channels to any broadcaster that's interested, including DSTV. Yeah, yeah. No, that seems like a, a good solution. Obviously, we have – well, I, 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 I keeping in mind that super sport obviously has invested – they've got a lot of money in terms of cameras and equipment and broadcasting, live broadcasting stuff – their objective would obviously be to make sure that all of these things can run and that they can make money off of it. It'll be interesting to see what that trade-off is if they do unbundle. If it's something, you know, the, the, the age-old question of whether they would lose more subscribers because those guys would just move to a, to a super sport package versus the guys that will actually stay uh, on the on the, the big package to get all the channels. Mm. Um, no, we, I don't, don't we don't know. That just, that, I mean, would you subscribe to it? Would you cancel your DSTV subscription? Just to get a sports only package. If you've no. got a family, keeping in mind you've got a family because other people obviously watch other content. I mean, we're not even talking about streaming services here. We're just talking about using DSTV as your home standard. I can see 90, I don't watch that much TV to be honest, but uh, I would say 95% of what I watch now is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's going to be a big factor. Maybe that's a big concern because. If, if they do unbundle Supersport and people then have the option to get their other content elsewhere, their mm. movies, their shows, their series, probably going to be a more enticing reason to migrate. I don't think they'll and, do it. They won't do it willingly. They just won't do it willingly. Won't. No. But, but they should have. They should have done it long ago because they should have known that there's a big demand for these things, for, for these titles out there or for these sports matches out there. It just seems like a good thing to have done. But they kept it very tight, played their card very tight to their chest, very close to their chest. Yeah. I mean, do you, you know, if they know that this is going to come down the line, then you'd probably want to do it yourself. Like, maybe like Telcom did. I mean, they kind of went to the competition commission and said, okay, we're going to voluntarily do this. And then they signed a consent agreement. Um, I mean, it looked like the mul- that competition commission was forcing uh, forcing this on them. But I think that uh, Sipo Maseko actually said, um, this is good for us and let's do it before a regulator tells us to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they then signed an agreement with the competition commission. but um, And it hasn't destroyed Telcom. In fact, Telcom's doing okay. Yeah, um, yeah. They're not doing brilliantly, but they're not doing terribly either. They were, they were on a fast downward slope to oblivion five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question now that Telcom is... Uh, is, is, I mean, they're a stable organization. Um, they've got challenges. Um, you know, Vumatel's coming for their lunch in the fixed line yeah. and, and other players. Um, they've got um, major pressures in their ICT services division, but other ICT players are also struggling. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I don't think that um, unbundling Supersport from the rest of DSTV or the rest of multi choice uh, is, is necessarily going to be. Um, very bad news for multi-choice if they if they play their cards correctly, yeah. because Supersport could in 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 the long run end up earning them a lot more money than it is at the moment. Yeah, it's very possible, especially if they get their online streaming services right. Yeah, in many ways this this is kind of, well this is uncharted territory for for I think all players involved because of the technology element that's involved here and the ease of access to so much content. The fact that we can get these key sports games, we know that we can get them, we should be able to get them more easily. I mean, 
I think that is the reason why this is is such an important test for everybody to kind of understand and set some level, some benchmark here for everybody going forward. Yes. The way that we handle this kind of thing, because it's not going to be the last time we, we have this issue if we don't resolve it. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. But keep an eye on Tech Central this week. Uh, I'll be slogging through those sessions and uh, bringing you the highlights on Tech Central. Um, what, from what is, I'm sure, is going to be a very interesting discussion at the regulator this week. Uh, before we move on with the news, we've got a, another voice note here. Um, fantastic. This is from uh, Martin, Martin Kutsia. Uh, let's have a listen to what Martin has to say. Hey, uh, Duncan and Richard, Martin here. Just uh, want to thank you both for your continuous commitment to the tech industry in South Africa. You guys are doing an amazing job with the podcast, and I'm so proud of you both. I have a quick question for you guys. Um, what are the top three mobile apps that you cannot live without? I'd appreciate if you can maybe just expand on that a little bit. Thanks again, guys. Cheers. Well, thanks for the very kind words there, Martin. <laughs> really appreciate it. That's a very good question. What three apps could you not live without? Do you want to have a first stab at that, Rehard? Yes, I'm just looking at my phone quickly and seeing what's on my front screen, because that's usually what indicates what is kind of most important to you. My streaming music service, definitely. So if I have to choose one, Spotify at the moment, but I use both, iTunes and Spotify as my main players. Yeah. Twitter is definitely the other one that I can't live without. It's my main source of news, and I can read two or three lines on a Twitter news stream, or I can read 20 or 30. It's, it's just the, the most awesome way to just to get access to all the cool information and content and what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I would say, well, that was two. I would say Imgur is another one. It's my other f- absolute favorite. Which one? Imgur. It's, uh, it's, the, it's like a Reddit for memes, photos, you know, anything cool that's on the internet. It's, it's a very cool platform, well worth checking out. Okay. Just having a look, I'm just having a look at my phone and seeing what I click on most often. Um, I would have to say my number one app is WhatsApp. Uh, I use it uh, all day long, every day. Um, so, uh, as I say, as I even say that, more WhatsApp messages are popping onto my phone. I use it. I use it religiously. Um, but I, I suppose maybe I should pick some apps beyond what I just use. I use. Well, no, let me do that because these are the apps I use most. Um, yeah, exactly. I use Nine which is an, a Microsoft Exchange email client, um, not developed by Microsoft, developed by a, a third-party, I think they're East European guys, um, but it's a fantastic mail client. absolutely love it. It's called Nine. If you go to Nine Folders uh, or search Nine Folders, you'll find that client. It's not free. It's for Android, um, but it's absolutely brilliant in the way it allows you to schedule up and delete messages and, and all that oh. sort of thing using um, swipe gestures. Um what else? What's the third one? I mean, obviously Chrome I use a lot because it's my web browser on my phone. Um, yeah, I'd probably also have to go with, with Twitter. I also yeah. use it extensively. Um, I follow a lot of journalists, so it's a great way of keeping up with the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely the best way of doing it. Mm. Um, Martin in the chat room is now asking uh, what that um, app is. I- Imager, you said. How do you spell that? I-M-G-U-R. It's also an online platform, so you can go to v.com. Um, yeah, it's just a great social media platform that's based on images. Uh, usually where all the good memes start, you'll find them there first. They get upvoted very quickly. So it's basically user, a community-driven content upvoting system. So all the good stuff rises to the top and all the crap goes to the bottom. Okay. I'll have to have a look at it. I've heard the name, but I've never used it. Well worth it. Better than what? Better, better than binging on any Netflix series. 
Great, guys. Well, thanks for the WhatsApp messages. Please keep them coming. We love this interactivity in the show. But let's move along with our news. And I just want to talk very briefly about this because we spoke about it last week. Uh, we're talking about the share prices and the possibility of Amazon overtaking Apple to become the world's biggest company, etc. Yeah. And it was all contingent on Apple's results, which were released on Monday. Uh, Apple's uh, numbers were better than expected, beat analysts' expectations, and the iPhone sales, the iPhone 10 sales didn't drop off a cliff as uh, some people had thought they might given the uh, pressures in the supply chain. So Apple's share price reacted well to that and uh, is now trading at an all-time high with a market cap of $935 billion, um, putting, it at, putting it within throwing distance of that $1 trillion mark. So... Uh, uh, whereas I was saying on the show last week that Amazon is probably going to be the first to get there, um, a- Apple is uh, is very close now, and um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to think they may do it first. Amazon sitting back at about 760, uh, mm-hmm. so that uh, that that possibility of of Amazon leapfrogging Apple this week because Apple was going to put out bad numbers did not materialize. Apple still firing on all cylinders, and um, yeah, one trillion dollars might be. In shot quite soon. Wow. Maybe. I would like to see what the bookies odds are on these things. Because there's definitely betting going on, on this Probably. stuff. <laughs> People bet on everything. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually, I'll, I'll look into it and see if I can get some information because that is interesting. Cool. Not that it would have any scientific backing by any means, but. Well, there is some, you know. I mean, Somebody's probably going to make some money off of it. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a pure um, lottery out there. I mean, there are, yeah. you can look at annual reports and look at financial metrics and all that sort of thing and make an informed decision. It's not like putting money in a slot yeah, machine. Sure. I'm sure these guys do, do go into those things. They're just trying to make some money off of it. Yeah, for sure. So last item of news this week, and it's not really news yet, but uh, no doubt we'll talk about it in quite a bit of detail in our next show. But um, we've we've got some inkling of what's going to be announced this week at the big Google I.O. developer conference in San Francisco. This is always a big um, event on the tech calendar. And um, we're expecting news on various issues. Rachat, you've had a proper look at this. Um, Android P... Uh, is um, we're expecting perhaps a new and the next beta release of that, um, but there are also some other announcements coming. Tell us about them. Yeah, so this is obviously kind of speculation based on what's been rumored around. But uh, besides Android P, one of the other things that I'm looking forward to seeing rolled out more widely and, and, and kind of being more readily available on devices, Google Lens, uh, which what is, is that? A, which is their camera their camera app. That allow that's an intelligent camera app, so I put it like this. It allows you to basically point your camera at anything um, and get information based on what that is. Um, from what I understand, it was only av- available on the Pixel phones to date, um, but it will it should make its way to the platform as a standard feature with the next edition. Um, there's also some editions of AR VR, which is uh, which is said to be supportive in the next Android platform as well. So that's going to be quite interesting. Um, what they will be doing with VR and how they will be supporting 360 and VR type apps is probably going to be in playback and then improve capabilities with that app support um, for that type of thing. You, you, you've been seeing a lot more of those kind of interactive videos online, especially the, the 360 degree videos. Wearable OS is also rumored to be getting some major overalls in terms of uh, uh, interface. Um, so that is going to be interesting to look at. And Chrome, Chrome is going to be... Uh, Chrome awesome. OS, Chrome OS, yeah. To see if there's going to be, uh, you know, some really important important updates to that platform, which I think we will both be eagerly awaiting. I, I see that they may be announcing that uh, Linux apps will now run on Chrome OS, which would be a very significant development. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, um, especially if they're trying to get you know trying to get ahead of the feature set. Um, 
But yeah, the browser has become the all-in-one window to the interweb. So why not give it all this power, I think? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there's obviously going to be some announcements around Google Assistant, but uh, Google Assistant and Google Home. Um, but yeah, we don't really fall under that category just yet, I think. Do you use Google Assistant at all? I uh, I do. I use it all the time. Do you? Mm. So yeah, that with with the AI improvements, I think we're going to see AI as a big discussion around you know letting your smartphone do things much much better than what it's been able to do before. Whether it's identifying voice, um, giving you the right information based on the question you ask it, uh, it's definitely going to be a Star Trek tricorder. I think your, your smartphone, <laughs> I must say Google Home is getting uh, Google the Google Voice Assistant is getting better and better. I um I used to just use it for reminders, but I'm using it for more and more now. I mean, I'd say, you know, remind me to buy milk at 11 o'clock tomorrow or whatever. Now, oh, yeah. now I say, now I do, tell it to other things. Um, you know, um, I say navigate to home or um, what's, what's the weather going to be like on Saturday or um, it's still basic stuff. And I know it can do more than that. But um, and, and I see the new version of Google Maps, by the way, has got more voice interaction as well. You can say um, you can ask it questions about the traffic ahead and um uh, other things like that, which is quite cool. I've never found myself really getting to the point where I ask myself. I've used it in a few times, but I'm not quite there. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that mental barrier is for me to just talk to my phone. You know, mm. just call up the Google and say, you know, try that. Maybe I must give myself a little project and just use it for for a week or two. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's a mindset, but a lot of people are using it. A lot of people are using these tools on their phones, as you know, like you do, set up reminders, remind me to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. so have you been watching uh, the latest season of Silicon Valley? No, I haven't. You must check out the latest season. It's very good. So there's this robot in it, um, <laughs> and uh, this, uh, um, and the, the guys are all blown away by this thing. Well, some of them are anyway. Um, <laughs> what's a, what's the small guy's name? Big. Big gun or something like that. I forget. Yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. And so he asked the robot, "What? What's uh, this times this? Like, what's five hundred times three hundred fifty or something?" And the robot answers correctly, and uh, and then he says something along the lines of, "Wow, that's incredible." Um, but I wonder if wonder if she's right. And then he say, picks up his phone. And he goes, "Hey Siri, what's this times?" This? And it's the same <laughs> number. So he says, "Wow, she got it right." <laughs> 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 um, I'm enjoying this season more than previous ones. I must say, it's very good. And um, I always forget their names. The guy with the beard who, uh, um, yes, yes, uh, Gilfoyle. Well, I've seen series since then. Gilfoyle. So, yeah. Gilfoyle. Um, yeah. Every um, every t- he set, set up this uh, software on his computer. Every time uh, uh, the Bitcoin price moved by any degree, um, it would play um, a clip, or a, I think it was a clip, or it could have been a whole song. <laughs> from Nap- Napalm Death, um, which is an extreme death metal band, and, and he played loudly across the whole office. Um, I- I'm not doing it justice. You need to watch. That's, it. Uh, that's kind of the geekery that I would like to be involved. But yeah, I'm <laughs> what a fantastic! That was a, that is a fantastic show. I must actually go back and uh, watch watch the second season again. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's on season five now. So, oh, season five. Season already? five. Yeah, I think I. No, but no, I have seen four. I have seen four. Definitely. Okay. Um, worth checking out. Good uh, times. Anyway, so Google I.O. is this week. Um, so we'll be keeping a close eye on that and have uh, 
everything on Tech Central about uh, the big announcements that get made. And Richard, I think that is our show this week. Um, apart from our regular features, of course, uh, he says rushing ahead to the end before we finished. Um, <laughs> I, we do not have a winner and loser this week, uh, mainly because I forgot to do it. Um, what's your pick this week? Sunday, we're allowed to forget things. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Autodesk just made the sketchbook software f- uh, available for free to anybody who wants to use it. Um, so that was a very interesting movement on their part. And that is my pick for the week. I've, I've been playing with the software for on and off for the last uh, few months. Um, you know, just to sketch some ideas out. I'm not a, the graphic design artist by any means, but I really can hear me. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I was just getting my picture in focus. Uh, <laughs> you were holding your hand up to the camera there. Um, but if you've got it, so I I just use it. Um, it's very handy to sketch um, uh, what's isometric, um, basic isometric designs. It's got some very cool tools for that with a keyboard and mouse. But if you've got a tablet, it really unlocks a lot of really awesome, you know, paint sketch. Um, design features. But what I really like and why, why I use the software the first time is that you can export to PSD um, or uh, Illustrator files. And what I do from there is I take it into to print. So whether I sketch up a little idea for a logo that I've been taken to Illustrator to trace properly um, and then, you know, get to a final product project with. So, yeah, Sketchbook, it's free. It's well worth checking out. It's a fantastic piece of software, um, okay. especially now that it's free. Highly, uh, highly recommend Great. Uh, my pick this week is uh, something I've just finished reading. It's very, um, very good read. It's um, a book by uh, a guy called Rajesh Sundaram, and uh, it's called Indentured Behind the Scenes at Gupta TV. Uh, this is the story of the launch of ANN7, as told by its former editor. Uh, and it is um, it reads a bit like a thriller, I must say. Um, great read. Um, it just shows you why when ANN7 launched, it was such a disaster. Uh, all the errors on air, amateur hour, all the rest of it. And he gives great insight how to, into how Atul Gupta pushed to launch this thing before it was ready. Um, because he uh, had uh, guaranteed money from government advertising and he wanted to get it on air so that he could secure that money. Um, great insights into the character that is Atul Gupta, very unpleasant guy by most accounts if you read this book. Um, really, really, really interesting about um, how um, it starts actually. The first chapter uh, deals with um, his exit from the organization and how um, um, the Guptas or Atul Gupta was for trying to force him to sign an exit agreement that was not in his favor and how he sent his goons to intimidate him uh, at the hotel he was staying at. Um, really good read. It's a quick read as well. It's I think it's only 170 pages. I've read it, read the entire thing in, in uh, the space of the last uh, day or less. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a light, fun read, but it's, um, it's, it gives some great insight into not only into uh, the, the disastrous launch of ANN7, uh, but also the corrupt relationship between the Guptas and Zuma and how Zuma was directly involved in the launch of the channel and um, providing strategic input in terms of uh, editorial policy. Um, oh. So it's uh, it's a great read, absolute shocker about what was really going on behind the scenes. Indentured behind the scenes at Gupta TV by Rajesh Sundaram. I highly recommend it. I'm going to go grab a copy this afternoon, I think. Yeah, otherwise you can grab mine. I finished it. You're welcome to... Uh, to borrow it. I'm happy to support the author by paying for a copy, so that's cool. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be very glad to hear that. And uh, apart from our quiz results, I think that is our show this week. Um, let me do the first question. 
Yes. The next version of Android is codenamed Android P. What does the P stand for? And the answer is, that's a trick question, because <laughs> Google hasn't yet said what the P will stand what, for. What do you think it'll stand for? Peanut butter? Popsicle. Popsicle. I prefer peanut butter. Pistachio. But that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter, no. <laughs> Many things to say there. The second question. Tech Central broke the news this week about the suspension of C- the CEO of Usasa. What is his name? And the answer is Lumko Ntinde. And the third question. Uh, I was hoping I wasn't going to get this question because I'm going to butcher the pronunciation <laughs> of this lady's name. But uh, how many registered users use YouTube every month? And the answer is 1.8 billion. Wow. That seems almost unbelievable. And that's according to YouTube CEO Susan Wachiski. Um, I pr- apologize if I'm getting that wrong. Wichiski, Susan Wichiski. And she said that at YouTube, YouTube's Brandcast event this week. The fourth question, which group of people did Tesla CEO Elon Musk this week accused of asking boring bonehead questions of him? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer, analysts during the earnings call um, that they had this week. And the last question in the quiz, the CEO of WhatsApp announced that he is leaving. Who is he? And that is Jan and I think it's a big blow to Facebook. Um, he uh, apparently had some run-ins with them over their uh, privacy policies and uh, all the rest of it. So uh, a bit disturbing if you're a WhatsApp user, possibly. But uh, I'm moving more and more to Signal and enjoying it quite a lot. So uh, I don't see, I don't expect the rest of the pop, the rest of a large chunk of the market to move to Signal. But um, I've got a couple of groups on there that I belong to now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm using it um, probably about as much as I use WhatsApp. Yeah, I keep all of my top secret uh, criminal conversations on those platforms. Yeah, no, I don't want anybody to see those either. Right? <laughs> okay, you can tell us all about those in the <laughs> next next show. Unfortunately, we are now out of time. We are now out of time. But uh, something to look forward to uh, in our next show, which might all will be revealed. Yes, might have to be redacted a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> As always, if you've got any feedback on the show, we'd love to hear your uh, comments. Um, the email address uh, is info at techcentral.co.za. And, of course, you can WhatsApp us now. Send us a voice note to be included in the next show. We'd love to uh, hear from you. Ask us any questions or any feedback on what we spoke about today. We'd just love to hear your views. The number, if you don't know it by now, is 71 And that's our show. Until next time, from Richard and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.